the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. We have made it to Friday. Happy St. Joseph's Day. One and all, what a great day. Head over to Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Get some delicious Zapola. They have the best, the best Zapolas. They also have uh, delicious pastry and cannolis and brownies and sandwiches and the calzones, everything fresh. And remember also delicious sausage and pepper, but try some of the calzones and pizza strips. It's Ron's Pastry Gourmet this today. Stop in today or tomorrow, Ron and Melissa, but especially today for St. Joseph's Day and get some of those delicious Italian St. Belize with the boiled cream. Very fresh. Ron was up this morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, making them ready for you today. Well, folks, again, um, tomorrow's first day of spring, but yesterday was, um, boy, yesterday was some kind of press briefing. We had the COVID briefing. I want to play for you because I, um, and again, if you have a question for me, if I can help you in any way, as always, please go to the website, depetro.com, depetro.com. Click on Contact John. I want to play for you. Um, yesterday, there was a lot of frustration with, with the media and also up on stage. And a lot of it has to do with um, what, what they're announcing. And you're going to hear me when I question Dr. Scott. I don't feel it matches reality. You know, for them to sit up there. And, and I want to be very clear. This I don't know this Tom McCarthy who's, you know, they brought him in to help out. And, and even Governor McKee, this this is really a result of Governor Mundo, eye off the ball, one foot out the door, uh, focusing on, you know, trying to become the next Commerce Secretary, which she is for President Biden. But anyone that has tried to get an appointment, um, has it's, a, it's an exercise in frustration. A lot of things have um, fallen through the cracks. And I just felt that you know, when Dr. Scott, all due respect, but when she stands up there and we're number one in this and we're top five in this and everything is going great, I don't think that matches reality. And I think it really came to a head last Friday when they said, okay, now this group of people are, now you can book an appointment. And basically it came down to, think about this, 160,000 people were now eligible and only 1% of them were going to, to be able to successfully make an appointment. They only had uh, 1,500 slots open for an appointment. So all this talk about shots and arms and everything or lifting and restrictions, none of that matters if people can't make an appointment and if people can't get the vaccine. So all this talk about we're going to lift more restrictions and the next month it's going to be 16 plus. And uh, again, none of it matters if people can't get the vaccine. And what I, I want you to understand is think about this. That's that's You have 100 people, only one of them can make an appointment to get the vaccine. Now let's do the math. 1,000 people, 1,000 people, t only 10 people can make an appointment to get the vaccine. And then it obviously just goes on from there. Is that really something to brag about? Is that really something to crow about? Why are you lifting? If anything, the number should increase before you start to expand. I mean, to me, it should be... If there are going to, if you're going to, let's just stick with the number 100, I think it would be safe to say once you get into the situation where, you know, if there's 100 appointments, uh, excuse me, 100 people, 25 of them will be able to get an appointment, or maybe it's 20, whatever the number is, but it can't be one. You know, like I said, now that would have been, it's too bad. I wish I had thought of it. I thought about it later, but because um, so many people were contacting me saying, I'm glad you said something. And that phone number I found, you're going to hear when I asked Dr. Scott. And again, I don't know this Tom McCarthy seems like a, uh, you know, very buttoned up guy, but there's, there's something breaking down. That phone number does people just call. You can't even hold. It just says we're busy. Call back later. I mean, we, what's the difference between that and a busy signal? There is no difference. And I found that Dr. Scott, I found her questions lacking. And what you're going to hear me say to Dr. Scott was I was saying, you know, what, what is said on the stage does not match reality. I mean, it just it just doesn't. Uh, I, I, I was respectful. I didn't want to bring up like a Baghdad Bob, but it, it just reaches a point. Like, what are you talking about? Think about that. One out of 100 are able to get an appointment. 
For 1,000 people, only 10 people can get an appointment. And now let's go higher. So the vets holds around 2,200. That would be if the Veterans Auditorium, where we were yesterday for the briefing, if that were full, 2,200. Think about that. 22, only 22 people are getting an appointment. Is that really a rah-rah speech? Is that really a shots in the arms and all this other stuff? It's you know, it, it, None of that matters. Shots in the arms. None of that matters if people can't get an appointment. So I want to play, folks. This was yesterday uh, at the... Here in Brown University. Dr. Scott and uh, Tom McCarthy, um, what, what is being said on the stage yep. does not match reality. That's right. Last Friday at 5 o'clock, it turned out just 1% of people available were able to get a vaccination. So this talk, or an appointment, excuse me. So talk about shot in the arms and this talk of top five and strong pace. Who's responsible for that website that was malfunctioning, going down? You had people taking time out of work. It was two hours of frustration. 1% of people qualified could get an appointment. Who's in charge of that? Why not hand it over to the private sector, CVS, Walgreens, and let them handle it when it's clear the state is not up to the task? Stop the tape. Now, folks, this is um, they, they, the governor, excuse me, Dr. Scott, they don't like hearing this, but this is the exact, anyone, when you hear socialized medicine, uh, this other foolishness, you know, whenever the government gets involved, whenever the state gets involved, things just don't run efficiently. There's a, it's beyond a pattern of that. I mean, it's, it's basically been a proven fact. My point is CVS's website doesn't go down. Walgreens website doesn't go down. Now you have Walmart and stop and shop have entered the mix. To me, the state cities and towns should just get out of the whole mix. Just give all, have the private sector do your entire vaccination process. Their websites don't go down. They'll schedule it effectively. You walk into a CVS this day, there's someone quietly sitting at the door at a table and they're the person you check in with, um, with the vaccine. The, and, and I'm not blaming the people, the cities and towns. The infrastructure is not there. You know, you're going to hear now, Dr. Scott, well, we're absolutely up to the table. She doesn't even know how many people are answering the phones. So the yeah, the state's absolutely up to the task. It's all ego. You can't have a website that malfunctions. You can't have a phone system. Massachusetts is doing it better. Massachusetts, you put your information in and then that's it. Then they contact you when you get an appointment. Okay, you go in two weeks. This Rhode Island thing, every day you have to go on. And people are spending hours a day trying to do it. And listen to her very, I don't know, arrogantly try to say the state's up to the task. Absolutely up to the task. What I You're described not. earlier is the fact that we had those few hours where we know a, a larger number of people who wanted the vaccine were attempting to log on. Once we have any vaccine available, we want to make it available so that it can get into but, the arms of individuals who were there. Yes, and we were not going to wait another week to make that available. It was important to make it available as soon as we had it, knowing, as I had said last week, that it would require patience and knowing that we would continue to get additional supply. But stop the tape. There's a difference between patience and if you're not getting something. I want to think when you're in traffic, you have to be patient and you'll get out of it. There's a difference between that and and you're not going to get to your destination is my point. Let's just say you go to the airport, the flight's delayed. All right, we need everybody to be patient. That's fine as long as you are going to then get on the plane and fly somewhere. Where they're breaking off is it's not be patient, you get an appointment. It's they're telling you be patient and you're not getting an appointment. So this business, I, I still don't get it. You have 20 people in a line, and then their solution is let's let 40 people more into the line. And by the way, the, those 20 people in line, they're not, they're not being served. It just doesn't make sense. And through the course of this week, we have learned of the additional supply that will continue to come. And we're continuing to work on improving the user experience with that. As we get the additional supply, we continue to make the adjustments to the technology, by April 19th, everyone 16 and older 
want to get vaccinated will be able to get vaccinated. And we are in the top five nationally with getting. Stop the tape. That's not true. That will be to say by April 19th. No, you're going to they saying you're going to be qualified to be vaccinated. But but if you can't get an appointment on April 19th, what's the point of saying all these? Because right now you could say everybody is eligible. And then you just have everyone trying to get the appointment. That doesn't mean anything. I mean, that's a meaningless statistic. By April 19th, everyone will be eligible to get the vaccine. That means nothing. That is the ultimate. It, you know, the old ad, it says you might be a winner. You'll, no, you, you won't receive the vaccine by April 19th. That's a false thing they throw out there. To say you're going to be eligible, it still doesn't mean you get one. You may not get one until a month later in May. Totally meaningless number that they that they throw out. All right, let's continue. First doses into people's arms. So we are equipped to doing it and we'll continue to refine as we have done. What about the phone system? Who's in charge of that? You can't even hold. I experienced it. People were telling me I went on. They just tell you to call back later. Who's in charge of that? Are there two people handling the phone? Why doesn't it say hold on? People have said they'll hold for two or three hours if they'll get an appointment. Who designed the phone system that just keeps telling you to call back later? What we are working on improving as we are adjusting to these numbers. It's I don't part believe of the that. entire system. There is Not an a large number of individuals who are um, man, you know, uh, overseeing the phones How many? and responding and will continue to know. adjust and handling the number of cases How many? as we need to. That, that, that's not an answer. That, oh, let me just hear. Crandall follows up with a good question here. Like Massachusetts, where you just register once, and then the system lets you know when an appointment is available instead of having to go on every time appointments come up with a very minimal chance of actually getting an appointment. Yeah, that's what was asked earlier. That is what we are uh, developing, and we'll look to have that early on um, in April prior to what? Uh, expanding to all. Then you're going to change the system? You know, that, that is, um, and again, folks, uh, it's John DePietro, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. He, here's the bottom line. They, they don't care. Okay. They, they don't care. I'll tell you this whole thing, this rollout who I don't know who's at fault. I can tell you that apparently no one's going to be held accountable and I'm not blaming governor McKee or this Tom McCarthy. They're new to the game. So I, I don't know if it would have been thrown off and screwed up like this if Governor Mundo had stayed, but that didn't happen. But I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Here's the thing. They don't care. What you just heard there, Dr. Scott, they don't They don't care. She doesn't seem plugged in. Oh, yeah, we're going to do that. What do you mean you're going to do that in April? I'll tell you how this is going to be resolved. Ready? The way this is going to be resolved is today is Friday, March 19th. And the way that this is going to be resolved is at some point over the next six weeks, there'll be so much vaccine flowing into the state that despite this ineffective system that they've set up, that there will be enough vaccine out there. That's really what it is. It's not being done efficiently. It's not being done smartly. It's not a friendly experience. But at some point over the next six weeks, I believe in the state, which brings you to the month of May, by the way, there will be so much vaccine that despite their efforts and the amount of the private sector jumping in, CVS, Walgreens, now Stop and Shop, Walmart, that over the next six weeks, there'll be so much vaccine pumped into the state available that despite their incompetence, there will be enough floating around. There certainly won't be, uh, you know, we're going to have to put up with this inept system for the rest of the month of March. And I'm even going to guess into the beginning, first parts of April. And then at some point, their incompetence will be overshadowed by the fact that there'll just be so much vaccine flowing around. And so at some point between now and May 1st, Many of you that are listening right now, if you want the vaccine, it it will be easier 
to get an appointment, you know, and then you'll start to see you go on the CVS website and it'll have open appointments right now. They're they're gone, you know, in the blink of an eye. And then I think by the month of June uh, into June, it will become more readily available. That's what I think is going to happen. It's very obvious to me that they don't have a plan how to solve this. Um, this was poorly thrown out. The more that things can be shifted to the private sector, the better for everyone. Because like I said, the CVS website doesn't go down. It's not built that way. The state website does. Uh, and they don't even explain why. Suddenly, there's no appointments in Cranston. Suddenly, there's no appointments at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. Suddenly, everything is in Middletown. If you want to get the vaccine, you have to go to Middletown. So I, I wish I had better answers for you folks. I don't. Um, I try. I even, you know, the, the way it was run yesterday, I didn't even, I wanted to ask. The, the, I'll tell you what the problem is. The question, their presentations go on too long. Their presentations go on too long. And I'm not saying Governor McKee. I thought he did okay. Kept brief. Dr. Scott tends to, what she said in 20 minutes could have been said in five. I don't think they should even let that Stephen Pryor commerce speak. Um, the guy, Tom McCarthy, first time we heard from him yesterday, maybe could have just let him speak for like five minutes. Ideally, Governor McKee, he kept it short. I'm going to say like maybe 10, 12 minutes. Um, but at, at one thirty, their presentation should stop. And then it should be a half hour of, of, you know, free flowing questions. But the problem is because then they talk so long. So then they feel it's going on a long time. Um, because I did want to ask, what about if people agree that they'll just pay for it? If they'll just say, you know what, I'll, I'll pay to have a vaccine. I want to get the vaccine. I'm tired of spending all this time online trying to, you know, get a vaccine, get an appointment, excuse me, get an appointment for a vaccine. This whole business of the shot in the arms, I, um, I just take exception with that. And it got a little contentious yesterday because the, the whole notion, you're supposed to be up there answering questions. I find, and this is going to seem critical, but there's just a lot of dodging of questions. Um, and, and, and Dr. Scott, she, she's the head of the Rhode Island Department of Health. So you, you as I said yesterday, either if she's going to get the credit when things are going well, then you got to you got to take the you know it's got to be the buck stops here. Whoever designed the website did not design it in a way that could handle this load. They are, I'll give them this. They are changing it a little bit because now they've added language to say, you know, listen, if um if you're not getting uh. The fact, here's the problem. For those that have tried, you go on, it says 200 appointments. And then even if you can try to get one, when people click over, suddenly it says there are no appointments available. What that means is that 200 people at that moment have 15 minutes to try to go through the seven-step process to then complete uh, the form in order to actually make an appointment. So they hadn't said that before. We didn't really get an answer on the phone system. I don't think she even understands or knows. No one knows what time they start answering the phone. No one time. I'd, I'd like to tell you, I don't even know what time. Does it does it go from 9 to 5? Does it go to 8.30 to 4.30? I don't even know the answer to that. But they didn't even design a phone system saying, thank you for calling. Hold on. You are 90-minute wait or you're whatever it is. Uh, there's nothing like that. They just say, everyone's busy. Call back later. Well, they could put that on and then leave the office and no one's doing anything. When you have that type of system of just call back later, then there's, um, there's seemingly, there's no rush for the people. There's no time urgency. That's what I think is, is lacking. There's no, do you notice that? There's no urgency. There's no, listen, we're going to get this right. You don't get the sense that anyone feels any type of pressure, that anyone feels, and, and you keep, you know, if they keep quoting, we're this, we're that, we're fifth in this. You know, I feel like if imagine watching a like you're watching a football team that you're rooting for and they're down, you know, 28 to nothing. And on the side, then one of the coaches saying, listen, we're fifth in the league in rushing. And we're, uh, you know, look at this. We're top 10 in uh, yards gained uh, second half. Like they're just quoting statistics. But you're looking up at the scoreboard saying we're down 28 to nothing. That's why I was trying to say what they're saying on the stage is not matching reality, because in reality, we have a problem. But if you listen to them, there's no problem at all. It's working perfectly. 
everyone's getting appointments. Uh, we continue to improve. We have uh, everything's moving in the right direction. And one last thing, you're supposed to answer questions at a press conference, not say, uh, well, we're just improving it. And that that's not an answer. That's not an answer. Um, someone should be held accountable for this. And I'm going to be very clear. Governor McKee is new. Not going to hold it to him. But someone needs to be held accountable. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers. Maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, Call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle, whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle? West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. The Sun Chronicle. And DJ, there's um, everyone's kind of been waiting for the media to start to, you know, maybe a little more pushback and aggressive with the Biden administration. I think there's two areas that you are starting to see them. A couple of factors. One, the fact that President Trump really has been silent and off the the stage allows more of the focus to come on to uh, the Biden administration. But I think two areas. One is it is a crisis at the border that basically has an an open border and people are taking advantage of it. It is something they underestimated. They wouldn't call it a a crisis. They try to call it a situation. It certainly sounds like one. And the other is something you have been talking about. And, you know, you can see the drumbeat that he will not and has not done a full presidential press briefing. I noticed, you know, he's trying to parse them out. He's going to give Stephanopoulos a one-on-one. He's trying to now, every time there's pushback on that, they say, oh, okay, let's Let's let, you know, George Stephanopoulos sit down with him or someone else. Yeah, that's different. But touch on those two things where the press, you know, we're still into the first half or second half of the 100 days. But those are two areas that I see that the, the I don't want to say the wheels are coming off, but you're starting to hear it from all corners that he is not 
having a full press briefing. Yeah, and I see trouble ahead on that. You're right. You are seeing a crack in the wall. And John, you and I uh, understand how media is created. Uh, much of things are driven first by those two big national newspapers, the Washington Post and the New York Times. I mean, you know, there's a lot of digital, but we know they still are the big dogs. And then the broadcasters kind of follow what, where they are. And yep. so why I say that is I think it's very significant. You know, there was a Washington Post editorial um, that, I mean, they laid it on the line that they are used to decades of access and unfettered access, by the way, to a White House. And they expect at this point, um, and they pride themselves on that, especially the Washington Post. They built their whole thing on, let's be honest, it was Nixon and Watergate. So, you know, I know New York Times have been around way over more than a century, but both of them are starting to say um, he has an obligation to the American public to be able to stand there and have a freewheeling press conference that is not overly stage managed. And I also thought it was significant. They took a shot at them in in this way in that editorial where they kind of said something to the effect of, you know, they quote, kind of got away with it during that odd campaign. And they did hide behind COVID and they noted, look, he had very little open exchange moments with reporters. We all remember how that was done. It was very, this stage managed thing, right? And they had like a stage and a blue curtain and all that. And he would take very, it wasn't very wide ranging at the time. Of course, the press mission was kind of like, you know, destroy Trump. So they weren't really asking him a lot of hard stuff, but you know, now is now. And I do see a crack in the wall, John. He is the president. Ron Klain is not the president. Jen Psaki is not the president. It is very different you know, to have a uh, really, you know, spin machine thing and you have a press secretary, she thinks, you know, she's standing there saying the president believes, hey, look, you know what? They got him in. He is the president. So let him stand there and say what the heck he believes or doesn't believe. And um, John, like if he can't go 45 minutes on open question, I'm sorry. I think we have a problem. I mean, he is expected to be able to do that. And I don't think they're going to let this go on and on. And Donna Perry, I, I'll say this, and people get it the wrong way because they think I'm defending it. As someone that, I mean, I watch him each day as mm-hmm. he's having the briefings on the caravan. I don't think he's up to it. Yeah. And I think uh, this is my thought. I Because you know the way a teleprompter goes, which is it, it's it's moving, right? It moves up yep. and then you have to read it. And if you don't keep up, then it just continues up. You know, you watched last week. If he doesn't have it on the screen in front of him, he couldn't remember. Yeah, and that guy over there. I mean, it wasn't even a complicated thing. Right. I his it, own defense secretary thought. or anything. Yes, you know uh, them, and they came from that. You know why? Because it had already moved. You know, moved up on right, the screen. Right, right. He, he didn't see it anymore. Right, that's this right. is my thought. I think they are willing to take the hit because I I don't think he's I don't think he he could do it, and I don't I think they know he can't do it. Um, it, it, it's just right now he is at a point that in, in, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, uh, people that deal. And I'm not saying, by the way, I'm not saying that he has dementia, but a lot of times people that are starting to go down that path, yep. they don't like to be in a big crowd. It can't be loud. They can't adapt. If there's a lot of different people talking, let's face it. The press briefings can be, you know, come on. I mean, the cameras are rolling cameras are. Uh, clicking there's back and forth he doesn't hear that well anyway a lot of times things have to be repeated i i think they're saying they're willing to take the hit on him not doing it as opposed to and then putting have him a... out there and then it could real well you know, you're it right could be a real meltdown of not remembering names and have like a real senior dates. moment that's what people are saying real yeah. senior moment and you've also i've seen that um when he it's it's innocuous a little bit, but when he stumbles, he doesn't recover well, and then it starts down the path, and and on the side of the stage, it they escalates. Just be like holding their breath as they're waiting for him to get through it. But I think it's going to be a risk. Hmm. But I think they're view. This is my thought. They they're viewing. He's got high approval rating. They're about to dump all this money out yes. to the country and the states. 
I think well, they're going to try I, to get away with it. And you're right. Like, I think it was uh, Ron Klain has basically, so their tactic, he's kind of mocking the idea that this is so important to the American people to have a press conference. So, you yeah. know, he's kind of mocking that. Um, they're kind of all over the place on this. Now, Saki sort of indicated they'll have, quote, you know, something by the end of the month, whatever that's supposed to mean. Um, but, J.D., there's no way to... Uh, and I think what's important here in, in defense of Fox, I mean, she she has played it a little too cute on many occasions. And so, you know, she kind of mocks when, whether it's Peter Ducey or whatever, has, you know, kind of said, when is he going to hold a press conference? Well, now they can't just say, oh, you know, here's Fox saying this. This is the Washington Post editorial board. Uh, and I think you're going to see a little more follow suit, but you certainly won't see it from the CNNs who will, you know, they're the PR staff no. for the administration so far. So, but that's, I think it's a very big issue. I would just say my two cents opinion for them that they should do it in my view, John, the sooner, the better, because they have another, and I know we're about to get to it. They have another exploding crisis happening at the border. So the sooner they do it might be better than, you know, you're going to have a full-blown incident pretty soon. Mm. But I I think, you know, the fact that it, it's going to become a print problem. Mm. And I, again, when we've just come out of a situation, you had a president, a, a lot of the, it's going to be, I think they're going to try to say it's it's an immediate echo chamber, you know? So the True. New York Times, Washington Post are complaining he won't have it, but ABC won't because we just gave Stephanopoulos a sit down. And Maybe then we'll, you know, give one to Nora O'Donnell and we'll do the, the full gauntlet and yep. then we'll bring Lester Holt in. And at least then you don't have the networks, you know, going after him in that way. But let it be the, the Washington Post and the New York Times who at this point, let it just be like the media talking to itself. That's how I think they're going to handle it, because, as I said, I, th- I think the danger of him doing it. And then that becomes the lasting image of people seeing it. I, I think it's a gamble. Let's talk about the border. Um, it is good to see. Basically, I think really what has happened is uh, either it's by probably not by design, but they completely underestimated Trump was a deterrent. Trump, yep. you know, his talk had people hesitate trying to get in. The word is this is now a good time. Mexico, by the way, changed the law, which means if you're traveling with small children, you can't be stopped. There is huge right. exploitation, Don, Donna Perry, at the at the border, and and I do like the fact that the Biden people, the media is calling them out that they right, and and the crisis. thing once again, you know, there's only so long them and some of the media, John, can just you know cling to Trump's old coattails and kick him around, and and that's a lot of what has been going on with this, and I think uh, there's a turning point going on this week, you know, that their their talking point in the past couple of days is from Saki, from Ron Klain, and the DHS guy, Mayorkas, is, oh, you know, we're hand- we were left with a mess, and that's what they've been kind of spitting out in the past few days. But then other reporting points out that this is not what, the- what they're trying to say, that this is just a capacity problem, right? Like they're saying, yes, we know they're overcrowded, um, you know, in these facilities, which, by the way, and I think you've pointed this out perfectly, that those are whatever they used to be. They're cages, and now they can prop up some, you know, little um, fake wall. Yeah, they put like but a little window. It's, and it's, a wall, they're but holding it's still pens. A cage. That's what they always were. That yes. that's what they are. And that's they what they to. are now. Um, yes. So the kids in cages, which we heard for twenty months from, you know, the the progressives. Oh, well, I'm sorry, they're holding pens. It's the same story, and now it's even more crowded. But they're and some of the reporting, at least they're trying to be a little more straightforward. They said it's not a capacity problem. It is like you said, it's a messaging problem. It's the it's a policy problem. And and they said, like, when he articulated, like, and you hear it from the podium from Jen Psaki and, and Biden, when they said we're going to, like, reverse all of Trump's policies, CJD, which they say all this to That's make right. the activists happy. OK, so guess what the green light yep. was? Now you've got these act. There are activist groups that are down there and they're pushing the migrants forward. Then you have the coyotes and you have all these other operators. Yeah. Um, and, and they under John, it's almost like a cottage industry. 
There's a lot of right. It's a huge industry. Oh, it, it absolutely which, is. When Trump huge and money. Stephen Miller, you know, completely laid that out and said, "That's what that is." Okay, and this is not a simple thing. You know, the, these are not just like, you know, this is all very choreographed. And so, and you know, this is not like a, you know, a crying parent in you know Honduras and says goodbye to the twelve-year-old with a backpack. JD, this is all very choreographed and. They do go in migrant packs yeah. and they, they are, um, you know, in these groups. And so it's a policy issue and they're going to have to address it. It's getting worse uh, by the day and by the week. And, and because the green light went on when, and they don't want to admit that by them. Again, they're pleasing their That's progressive right. base. They say these things because they think it's going to make them all happy and all these, you know, people who just they sit on Twitter and, you know, they're just very happy to they're all about words and phrases. Well, it has real consequences. And yep. I just want to add on that note, I thought very good to see the Republican delegation go down there. And and I thought that, you know, yes. that was a very important Excellent moment point. for McCarthy. I thought. He looked, you know, yep. really back in the saddle. Never mind some of this other stuff. I'm just going to say for the Republicans, my two cents opinion, John, they need to stay focused on these types of issues because they, they can win right. on this issue because the public can very well see You're what's right. going on with this. And I don't see an easy way out for Biden on this. Yep. No, no, not at all. Folks, quick break. A lot more Donna Perry, the Sun Chronicle right here on the John DePietro show. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401-305-3585. You've seen the her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health because, folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible acai berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, because remember, it's your health. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com this winter you can depend on Henry Oil call them today 401-521-0200 make Henry Oil make the switch make Henry Oil your reliable affordable fuel oil delivery company 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred residential commercial fuel oil delivery fuel oil diesel gasoline reliable affordable fuel oil delivery it's henry oil serving most of rhode island and southeastern mass call them today 401-521-0200 remember with henry oil automatic delivery budget plans service contracts lock and cap pricing check out their website henryoil.com or call them today 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred Henry Oil. Since nineteen forty seven, they have a great family history, and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today. Four zero one 
521-0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery, service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, it's Henry Oil. Call them 401-521-0200 this winter. I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. We're speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor for OceanStateCurrent.com. Our segment is politics this week. Justin, I'd like you to touch on the U.S. News and World Report. They come out with all different sorts of rankings. And from what I understand, the state is not faring very well. Well, what's, what's interesting there, and it, it ties back to what we've been talking about, the uh, the reason I wrote about this on OceanStateCurrent.com was the state fell from 26th, middle of the pack, 50 states, to 34th, and just about every single category, we went downhill. Now, I don't think we should put a lot of faith in, in all these rankings, because who knows what they're really measuring, but to me, just this, it was just so striking that we've fallen that many steps, Rhode Island, in the past year maybe maybe it's two years because they didn't do one last year and it's it's just you know another article uh the this is on wpri the they the uh, house speaker shikarchi opine and his opinion of course was oh well it's because of infrastructure and so if you pass my affordable housing bills we'll fix it which is nonsense because the affordable housing wasn't the air issue but when you look at a state that is way down there for infrastructure, education, uh, opportunity, and falling in every category, health, e- economy, uh, crime, well, it's crime we went up, but we're, we're falling in all those things. And if it's, you wouldn't know it to look at the local news media. And I think it's, it, it goes right back to that idea that everything, everything's kind of a show. You would think the news media would be on the, the state government saying, why are we failing on all these things? Instead, we're talking about, uh, you know, a cow on the loose and who might be the next, you know, uses lieutenant governor. And, uh, you know, that these are all in some, and the ATV thing uh, with, in Providence. Suddenly, all of these things are very important. And we're not talking about education as much. We're not talking about all that stuff because that's not the narrative the news media is driving. And it's really a shame. And we see it in our declining numbers. Touching on the uh, the ATV, I thought that was uh, really striking. And when when people, if you really follow the narrative, these this has been a major problem. It's, it's one of those things, it's it's a major problem for those of people that have to live around it. And it, it it was a major problem last summer. And it started roaring where these people get these dirt bikes. These are vehicles that are not supposed to be on the road, these ATV vehicles, all-terrain vehicles. And they are racing them and they're riding a the pack all over Providence. And Mayor Lorza, his first instinct was they put in speed bumps to try to discourage them. Well, you know, now it becomes a game and they're riding around the speed bumps. They go on the sidewalk. They go all over. Situation's getting worse. Really culminated last fall with uh, Jamal Gonzalez. Finally, someone was almost killed and there was a lot of uh, problems with that. Now, so now as the weather was getting is getting nicer, Mayor Lorza first said we need to find a way to legalize these. And he got tremendous pushback. People like legalize them. Is if that's your solution, you know, you're, you're not supposed to ride the bike on the road. They don't follow. They, you know, they're a nuisance. They're loud. They, they, they were riding. People live in the Fox Point area of Providence. They were riding the road. They street race along. They would do that till like three o'clock in the morning because obviously, you know, then it was the pandemic and people, there's nothing else to do. There's nothing open. Well, lo and behold, last week, here's a press conference. We're going after you. We're not going to tolerate it. They set up a tip line to take them. But Justin Katz, it started because Cranston once again led the pack and said it's going to be zero tolerance in Cranston to have these vehicles. Yeah, the uh, the video I've I've heard of is the the mayor destroying, the, crushing the vehicles, which yeah. uh, seems more like a, a performance than anything productive. You could maybe sell them, <laughs> make some money if you're going to confiscate them anyway. But the it, I kind of chuckle because we're. This, this is a controversy that's now reaching over in my neck of the woods in Tiverton, where uh, somebody with a lot of property said, hey, you know, I, I'll you know, open up my property and we can we can have a little business here. and Kids can do this. So if there's panic in Tiverton that we're going to have the uh, the city's problems exported to us. You know, look, you touched on to me the the key uh, the key f- question here, and that is why is this a problem? Why aren't we fixing those issues? 
get these young, mostly young men, get these young adults back to work, open up the schools, give them something else to do. Let's see economy open up again. Instead, we've, we've created what, I mean, it's almost, we, we create these policies and it, it gives us almost a wild west atmosphere. And then we don't know how to deal with it. It's almost, all right, well, I guess we have to legalize shootouts or, oh, okay, that's not working. So we'll criminalize right. it. Maybe go out in the suburbs for your shootout. You know, just if we would just focus on getting the right things right, instead of always being reactive, I think the speed bumps are maybe one of the best emblems of this I've seen in a while where, what, what do you do? You, all right, we've got a problem with, with these folks on these off-road vehicles on city streets. Let's make everybody else's life less convenient by putting in all That's these right. bizarre, giant, staggered speed bumps. And then when, when the people on the off-road vehicles say, hey, this isn't so bad, I can, I can have fun on these or hop up on the, on the sidewalk or whatever, then it becomes even more of a problem. Just solve the initial problem, which is a lot of people with no opportunity, nothing to do, and, uh, and that will, will have beneficial results for everybody. And we would, wouldn't have to be worrying about the ATV uh, influx of the past year. That and I do want to just kind of clarify. Now, there was a, a situation a couple of weeks ago in Cranston. I think four people were arrested. They were all in their 30s. Uh, two were arrested last week. One of them was 28 years old. The other was 23. Some of the people, they try to give the narrative that it's, hey, these young kids in the city, they're just looking for something to do. The ones that have been arrested, none of them lived in Providence. And they, I don't consider someone 28 or 32 years old a kid. I mean, those are, are grown men. But, Justin, I, I also don't believe – I mean, anyone that uh, – do, do we really think so they're all going to responsibly uh, bring their bikes over to Tiverton and ride them? And <laughs> that that's not the allure. That yeah. the, the the most high-profile one was Jamal Gonzalez. Now, he lived in Middletown. They have these big warehouses in Providence where they store them. And then, you know, they know, for instance, Friday afternoon at 4.30, that's going to be the next ride out. And, and that's why suddenly like 40 of them appear on the road because they were all being stored kind of at the same place. Uh, but but part of the fun, if you and I like doing it, 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 it part of the fun is riding around the highway in the, the local streets. And and let alone Mayor Lorza, he had a no chase policy with Providence Police. So you and I know they're not going to chase us. They're basically going to allow us to. And, and now we know where the speed bumps are and how we have to avoid that. Um but it's 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 just interesting to me how quickly it came to a head. I also want to just get your thought on it's incredible how fast now legalization of marijuana is just speeding through. And what I don't understand is right now, because of uh, the stimulus and now there's more stimulus money coming, it, it's not a money issue. So the state's going to have a big chunk of money coming in. They're not going to correct any of the problems. Uh, President Biden is really bailed out all the blue states uh, that should have had some some deficits but what what are you uh, what are your thoughts on on Rhode Island moving this much faster towards complete legalization you know it it's starting to feel like that that old saw that you never let a crisis go to waste i mean right. a lot of these things legalization of marijuana now the mo- most prominent it feels like they they put it in <clears throat> as a trial balloon the next year, maybe it goes a little farther They'll put it in every year. And they're just waiting for that, that excuse to be able to do what, what a money, money to interests and insiders want them to do. And so whether they, they actually need the money or not, this was, this was on the list of things they wanted to give government more money, to give insiders an opportunity to get these, I mean, what is it? Millions of dollars for, from application fees just to, just to, for the chance to be able to open one of these. That shows you, tells you how lucrative uh, the insiders think it's going to be. And so even though they've been bail- bailed out, they were just looking for an excuse anyway. And that's, that's more and more that's just feeling like how, how business is done. You just get it, on a, get it on a ballot a few times with windmills or, or marijuana or whatever it is you want to sell that, that taxpayers ultimately have to subsidize in one way or another. Um, and there you go. You've got a, you've, you've got your thing on a, on the board and it's just a matter of waiting until the, till they can pass it, get it through. And that's, that's what we're seeing this year. They just feel like they, they've got it. It's probably more significant that, that we're still under the COVID cloud and you can't get that state house full of people potentially objecting to something like this. So they'll just, they'll push it through. It's an opportunity. 
Justin, speaking of uh, COVID restrictions, um, what do you make of the fact that they're still slowly reopening things and also like letting Stefan Pryor stepping up and now I'm going to expand it to this. And if you're a restaurant, you can open it to this. You know, talk about why is it even, why are there still restrictions? We have the vaccine. The amount of people in the hospital is, you know, is way down. The amount of people that are actually dying from it is way down. I, I, I don't understand why we still have restrictions to begin with, because it's not as if, you know, the moment you say you can have full dining in a restaurant, it's not like, boom, it's going to be full right away. So this element is if they're doing business as a favor after they shut them down just seems to rub me the wrong way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it feels like they almost they it almost feels like they have to they feel they have to go through these steps so that it people don't start questioning the wisdom of having done it in the first place. You know, we, we have to do, okay, we're really looking at the numbers closely. And this week you can have 27% occupancy. All right. Next week it'll be 33, you know, as if there's some validity to any of these numbers. And I, I so I, it, it does feel entirely like a put up. And what, what aggravates me about the whole thing is we're still operating under the, under the, the claim that this is emergency powers. If you are gradually, emergency powers don't end with you saying, okay, a little more, a little more, because at some point it's not an emergency and you have to just say, all right, my emergency powers are, the, the need for emergency powers is over. You folks are adults, go about your lives. And, you know, as you say, it's not as if everybody's going to suddenly flood to the restaurants. There are going to be plenty of people not quite ready for that. And so they'll, they'll still be limited business. But it's, it's just, it is galling. It's just, it's, it's just more show, more, you know, we're the government, we're here. It's up to us. We're, we're the ones doing it all. And, and it, you need to do what, stick to our plan. And it, it's, I, you know, sometimes I, I kind of wonder what happened to the idea that we're Americans and don't put up with that kind of stuff. Folks, he is the managing editor at OceanStateCurrent.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, great job. Stay safe and we'll talk to you again. Pleasure. You too, John. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, YankeeTreeService.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439-6028. 439-6028. Whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket truck at service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service. On top of that, Nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439 439- 6028 439 6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439 6028 or online at yankee tree service.com